Ron, let's go out to the fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. As we have mentioned, offensive coordinator is the third most scrutinized position in all of Pittsburgh sports behind the Steelers coach and the Steelers quarterback, and oftentimes it rises to the top spot. You know, like after the defense has more touchdowns than the offense after two games in a season like this season, right? It sometimes can be number one. So old Artie Smith better get ready for that. He was in the frying pan in Atlanta. Uh, It didn't go well, although our next guest, Mike Rothstein from ESPN, who covers the Falcons, I think may have a higher opinion of some of those Falcons offenses than a lot of people out there. Mike, we appreciate you joining us. How are you today? Uh, I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're good. All the buzz in town, of course, about Arthur Smith. And, you know, from what I read, what I hear, what people are saying all around the league, I get the impression that there was some good in their offense, certainly creative run game, but I also think people charge him with not using his best weapons in the red zone, failing in the red zone, and overall uh, not having the ability to identify the right quarterback. So good and bad, sort of a mixed bag with Arthur Smith. Your take, what are the Steelers getting here? Yeah, I mean, so there's nuance to a lot of this, right? Like, there is. Um, The not using his targets, his playmakers enough, it was kind of an overblown thing that, you know, and a lot of it, honestly, a lot of the criticism came uh, in multiple ways. One, Arthur Smith was critical of fantasy football, and that rubbed people the wrong way. And there was a game where B. John Robinson ended up playing really four snaps because he was dealing with illnesses. The Falcons ended up getting fined for that with some injury report uh, questions. And, and that's really where a lot of this started because B. John Robinson actually led the Falcons in touches last year and he had almost 1500 all-purpose yards and that's with missing a game right like some of the the criticisms in the first half of the season last year were valid especially Bijan robinson's usage in the red zone but arthur smith admitted that listen i didn't want to wear Bijan robinson out so therefore when you're sitting there in week 16 week 17 he's not healthy or not you know where we need him to be potentially in using his words because in big games. So he did not necessarily recognize, and there was no way to really know this, um, how much Bijan Robinson could handle, right? So after the bye, you saw him in the red zone almost every single play. So like he kind of altered that in terms of the offense itself. They had really bad quarterback play. I would say the last two years, definitely this past year, some of the red zone issues that they had, this past year, some of it was not great play calling, to be very blunt. But some of it, too, was the fact that their quarterback, Desmond Ritter, turns the ball over a ton and turns the ball over in the red zone more than any quarterback in the NFL. So that hurts those numbers, too. And there's only so much that Arthur Smith can do about that. He can't, you know, zip, uh, crazy glue the ball to Desmond Ritter's hand, you know. So that's part of it, too. Uh, there were some definite questions about some of the past concepts uh, that were valid. The run game generally 
pretty creative on the whole, pretty innovative. And you can go back and look at really what he was able to do in Tennessee with Derrick Henry and really what he was able to do the first two years in Atlanta in 2022, guys. It did not matter what running back was back there. You had Cordero Patterson, who's a converted wide receiver. You had Tyler Algier, who was a fifth-round rookie. And then you had Caleb Huntley. And it did not matter who was back there. They gained yards and were effective because of the run scheme and, the, and how he drew up and improved the offensive line. And he did improve the offensive line play as well. So the run game is very legit. There are some definite questions about the pass game. But some of that, too, had to do with, frankly, bad quarterback play. Well, that may be what he has here, Mike. Um, you know, every they, they said they Tomlin said he wanted a guy that you know could help us get the most out of his quarterback, Kenny Pickett. Is Arthur Smith capable of doing that? I think he is. Uh, I think you can go look at kind of what he did with Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, and he found the best way to to make Tannehill work and, and turned him into a, a pretty good quarterback after some issues in Miami. Uh, you can see kind of some of what he did with Marcus Mariota because Marcus Mariota was, was playing okay until he wasn't, and a lot of that was accuracy issues. Desmond Ritter, there were, you know, people will look at the overall numbers, and the turnovers were awful. Like, just to be very clear, the turnovers were awful. But there were shades of improvement that, had he been able to cut down on the turnovers, would have, I think, had a lot of people looking at Desmond Ritter in a different light. So there is the potential of developing the quarterback there, but I understand the concern with it because, you know, the other quarterback he worked with is Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan is a very much known commodity commodity at the end of his career, but he, he's largely been able to get the most out of his players. Uh, but listen, you know, some of it too comes down to whether the quarterback can hold on to the ball. And at least, uh, you know, from what I've seen from afar in Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett doesn't have that problem. He doesn't turn it over, no. So that, to me, it would say, okay, maybe you've got a shot there. Mike Rothstein from ESPN covers the Atlanta Falcons. So here's my concern in the quarterback part, Mike, is that for me, part of being a quarterback guy, a quarterback guru, a quarterback developer, whatever, is first identifying who can actually play the position and win for you what was Arthur Smith's role in draft? Because it seems like he was 0 for 3 here. What was his role in drafting Desmond Ritter and then bringing in Heineke and Mariota for a combined $32 million? Yeah, I mean, so let, let's look at what the overall picture was, right? So they had Matt Ryan. They go after Deshaun Watson uh, in a decision that has been called collaborative, but... Mm, you know, well, not necessarily, you know, everybody has bosses is the best way to put that. And essentially what happens after that is Matt Ryan, want, they allow him to look for a trade, and then they need to find a quarterback. Well, a lot of the quarterback options really weren't available at that point in time. Marcus Mariota knew the offense, and you figure you can, you know, you can work with that. That quarterback class, as you guys know, because Kenny Pickett was in that quarterback class as well, was maybe the worst quarterback class to come out. And I can't even tell you, I've been covering the NFL for 12 years, uh, you know, at least that long. So Kenny Pickett goes, well, there's not really anyone else that you can feel great about, right? So then Mariota plays, eventually doesn't go well. They start Ritter. And they never said, like, Ritter was the franchise guy, but they're like, we're going to go with him, give him a shot. Rookie contract, cheap. They brought in Taylor Heineke because, frankly, 
he has shown in the past he can be about a 500 quarterback. You know he can come in in a pinch and handle things and is a very capable, I would argue, probably on the higher end of backup quarterbacks. That's what they did. Neither one of them really worked out. Now, you can say, well, maybe they should have gone after Baker Mayfield. Sure, but Baker Mayfield before – uh, before you know, before this year in Tampa had been very up and down. Like there, there's some some of those questions. I mean, they could have maybe done some other things too. Maybe pushed in the trade market a little bit more to try and get a different quarterback. But they figured they would give Desmond Ritter a shot. But they never said, "Oh, Desmond Ritter is our future for like ten years without question." That was never said. Like that, it was more they wanted to give him a chance, to see, and they believed in him for sure. But they wanted to see what he had, and then you know go from there. For sure, uh, I, I guess what I'm, I guess what I yeah, what I was getting at is I think people may have thought that he would be able to scheme his way it's into fair. into a better passing game, even with you know average or even below the line quarterbacks. I, I think people thought that maybe that's asking too much. I, you know, I mean, listen, if they had average quarterback play last year, we're not having this conversation because he's still here. They probably make the playoffs. I mean, I think it's even more than probable because look, at they were 7-10 and 10 with really, really awful quarterback play. And, you know, that, that's just the truth of it is that you eventually couldn't, you know, there's only so much you can do. You can't, the best way to put this is you can't, like a coach has no control over whether a quarterback ends up turning the ball over right like they're not on the field to do that um you know some of the schemes were good and yeah sometimes he had to go more conservative and that that hurts things too right the carolina game i remember asking him specifically after that carolina game which was really the loss that it felt like sent everything down towards the path of where we're having this conversation now instead of still being in atlanta and i asked him straight away was your game plan too conservative and he essentially kind of said maybe it was and yes, it was a weather game, but also at, at that point, what, what trust, you know, kind of what you would see from Desmond Ritter was that he couldn't hold on to the ball. And what happened? They have the lead. They're in the red zone. He throws maybe the worst pass of his career as an interception. And then the defense can't get, can't get a stop. And they end up giving up a game winning field goal. Like, you know, there's only so much you can do there, but yeah, I would agree that, you know, there's, there's only so much he could have done and maybe there could have been a little bit more schematically, but you can't run the ball every play. You know, Mike, we're wondering here, too. The Steelers have a couple, uh, you know, emotional wide receivers, I, I, I guess I should say, who make it very clear they want the ball. Is this offense going to be suitable for them? I know maybe play-action stuff will open it up for them, right? It should, yeah. I mean, listen, Arthur Smith likes to run the ball. We've seen that everywhere he's been, but – He's also very open to, to throwing the ball. Look at the offense that they ran in 2021 with Matt Ryan at the quarterback versus the offense they ran the last two years. It's almost completely different offenses, right? Because you had a quarterback that you knew you could throw. And, I mean, listen, Kyle Pitts was really the only option on that team as a pass catcher after Calvin Ridley had to leave to deal with some mental health issues and they had Russell Gage got hurt. Like that, they had really nothing else in the pass game at that point. And Kyle Pitts had a thousand yard season and set, you know, Falcons records at that point. And then the, the reception record at least. And then the next year, Drake London broke the reception record. So, you know, there's ways to get them the ball. And I think that there's, there's not more on offense in Pittsburgh, but you know, they have two really talented receivers. They have two very talented backs. They have a talented tight end. 
it's going to come down to the quarterback play, but you know, it seems like Arthur Smith is able to get those guys the ball. When you look at the, the target shares in 2022 for Drake London and Kyle Pitts, they were very high. If you look at even kind of the average, you know, average per game of targets and at least targets, not necessarily receptions last season, they weren't awful for Kyle Pitts, especially now knowing he was coming back from a PCL along with an MCL injury and Drake London, but it just didn't necessarily seem like it was enough. And that was one of the things I would say throughout Arthur Smith's tenure that stuck out to me was that it seemed like they didn't necessarily have enough offensive plays um, because in some ways they had to really try to slow the game down and shorten the game, which we've seen teams do when you have deficient quarterback play. Mike Rothstein from ESPN uh, on the fan hotline. So it seems like Arthur Smith is somewhat mild-mannered, but it also seems like when the situation calls for it, or maybe even when it doesn't, uh, he has a little snap ability in him, which I actually like because I think that could be used around here. And at least two examples, Mike, that I saw were when Kurt, when Kurt Warner broke down some of their play calls, and then you guys asked uh, Arthur Smith about it, and he said, I don't give a rat's ass, and then proceeded to show that he very much did give a rat's ass and then, and then uh, the Dennis Allen thing where he snapped. So does he have a little bit of that in him? What, what's he like personality-wise? Oh, he's got some fire in him. He's got a very uh, – I've, I've, I'm a New Yorker. Like, I grew up in New York, so I understand – even though he did not, he grew up in Tennessee. But uh, – and then went to high school in DC, outside of D.C. But uh, he, he has a very dry, kind of sarcastic sense of humor to him, which I understood very well and I appreciated because that's very similar to kind of what my sense of humor is. So I understood that very well. Uh, but, yeah, he, he definitely is can be fiery and definitely has passion to him. There's no question about that. Uh, in terms of the Dennis Allen thing, I mean, as we then later learned, and he did not know this at the time, but, you know, James Winston went rogue on what the play call was. It's supposed to be a victory formation, and then they end up running the ball in. Like, that, that breaks kind of like unwritten football rules, too. So you oh, can yeah. understand where Arthur Smith was perturbed about that. Plus, everybody understood kind of, yeah, his job was in jeopardy. You know, like it just seemed like that was a a rough situation and a rough time. You know, but I mean, listen, he he'll get after referee. He's he was getting after referees from time to time. Like you know, you would see it on broadcasts at least in the preseason. He's not traveling the preseason. Like sometimes they show his face. So there there is a fire to Arthur Smith without question. Well, I give him a lot of credit, Mike. I, I mean, he put in the time. It's not easy to become an NFL head coach. And, uh, you know, everybody knows up here now about his dad starting FedEx. Um, what did I see? His dad's worth $5.7 billion or something like that. Yet he's still a self-made man, isn't he? He, he is. And, that, you know, that was one thing here that a lot of people like, oh, he got the job. No, like – Dude started as a quality control assistant in Washington and then was a quality control guy in Tennessee. Like he worked his way up the hard way and the long way. And he was believed to be valuable enough in Tennessee that as they cycled through head coaches, he kept getting jobs and, and getting better jobs. And it wasn't like he was, you know, then failing in those jobs. He was very successful in all of those jobs. Remember, he worked with tight ends. Look at what Delaney Walker and Johnny Smith did, right? Look at the off when he was offensive coordinator in Tennessee. Look at what they did, right? Like they were a very successful offense in Tennessee, 
And then you can argue two of the three years he was in Atlanta as a head coach, they overachieved based off of their roster and frankly what the expectations were considering they were dealing with major salary cap issues. This past season, you can say, well, no, they did not overachieve or, you know, a lot of people would say they underachieved this past year. But again, I would point to the quarterback play as much as anything like that. So, yeah, but he worked his way up. This wasn't, you know, he, and, I, you know, he, he said this before and I, I've talked to, people in his family before, like they, they never, they understand where they, you know, that they were fortunate to be born into the situation they were born into, but him and a lot of people in the family worked their way up from like the bottom in their respective industries. They realized that, Hey, maybe they helped, it helped get them, you know, a shot. But like, once they were there, like you don't be a quality control coach for years. If you're not passionate about and willing to put in the work, like find a find a quality control coach who does, who who is not trying to do work, and you're gonna find a quality control coach that's out of a job. Ron, do you have another Arthur Smith question? Because I have an additional question that's not related Go to ahead. Arthur Smith. I'm, I'm fine and ready. Mike, this has been great. You're a great guest. Uh, Raheem Thanks. Morris, was yep. that a surprise hire? That's that's a two part question here. Was that a surprise hire? Where was Belichick in this in these proceedings? And then the second part is the Falcons, Arthur Blank seemed to go out of his way to say they weren't interested in Lamar Jackson. I don't know that they could have gotten Lamar Jackson, but the lack of interest surprised a lot of people. So we have about two minutes left if you could sure. address those two situations. Yeah, sure. So the second thing first, uh, I mean, the, it was the same thought as a lot of people around the league that no matter what you did, the Ravens were going to match. And, I mean, look at what we've seen this year, right? So, And then what you're doing, too, is you're sending a message to your quarterback that, hey, you know what? We, we're not, we don't get this guy, so we're just going to go with you. Like, I mean, think of the message that sends, especially to a young quarterback, which is what they had, right? But beyond that, when it comes to Lamar Jackson, is Arthur Blank has said over and over, like he's done this study about how much quarterbacks cost against the cap and success rate, obviously Patrick Holmes is – kind of blowing that out of the water. But other than Mahomes, you look and it's fairly, you know, getting to the Super Bowl, you look at the quarterbacks and what they cost against the cap. And that's what they, that's their argument. I'm not saying it's the right argument, but that's their argument. Uh, in terms of your other question with Raheem Morris, I was a little surprised. I knew they liked him a lot. He obviously was a finalist because he came in for two interviews. Uh, in terms of Belichick, it just seemed like, you know, I would say probably the Saturday before the hire, things really turned. And all of a sudden, they were talking to a whole bunch of people again. And they, they wanted to get a better sense of things. And they really landed on Raheem Morris, a guy that they know. And he hasn't talked yet. He's supposed to talk on Monday uh, in an introductory press conference. But I imagine what you'll hear a lot of is that he gets our culture. He gets what, what they're trying to do in that building and, and what they believe in. And, and that, I think, is part of it. Plus, they also know what he can do as a head coach because they've seen it in their own building before. Great stuff, man. We appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. It. Perhaps we could have you from time to time just to talk about NFL stuff. That would be wonderful. Sure. Just let me know anytime. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Take care. What a nice man he was, Ron. Se- seemingly huh? more in uh, Arthur Smith's corner than not in his corner. Oh, definitely. Right? I saw he tweeted out some of the stuff is way over the top in the criticism of Arthur Smith, and he went um, into some analytics where he said this offense wasn't as bad as it seems. So, yeah. Good to get that perspective. How about a little hand for uh, City Limits for getting that, Ron? Very nice, City Limits. And that was at the last second. It was, yeah, earlier today. Despite the way your hair looks today, you're doing a, wec- uh, a 
Well, excellent job, I should now, say. Now, you don't yeah. actually design it that way, do you? Is this just... Is that be- bedhead? Is this bedhead? You got out of bed late this morning? This might be bedhead, yes. Or do I do you- put like a product in my hair, though, yeah. Yeah, you definitely do. Yeah. Like I said, it's early uh, Ace Ventura. Not to be critical. You no, not at you all. You didn't drive here with your front window busted out, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Look at how the, the wind blowing in my hair. <laughs> We might be headed toward an ace nickname for him, Ron, because I think sometimes limits or city limits throws people off. They're, they're, like they don't it. realize I that. I like I'm, it, except do you, you? You don't remember it half the time. I know. You go, What's your name again? Crowley called it an, an elite nickname, City Limits. I think it's good. But I, I might be headed toward ace or something in the Jim Carrey realm. Okay. Maybe. We'll see about that. Ron, did you ever wonder and did you ever have the opportunity uh, what it would be like to cover sports in another city. Just talking to this guy, for some reason, I started thinking, what would it have been like if I had spent my whole career I know, I know. in Atlanta covering the Braves and the Falcons and the Hawks and even the Thrashers for a while where they had little bags of fresh popcorn and a Phillips reading light because it was Phillips Arena. Oh, yeah. So they would have like a bedside light at your Oh, that's Desk when you got that's there. Big, especially when you get older. And trail eyes. mix. Yeah, they had trail mix as a snack, yeah. which I don't know why everybody doesn't have trail mix in a press box. Did you ever have an opportunity? I did. Or think um, about that. Not like you. Where Where were you going to go? The, I interviewed Her, in Minnesota Her to cover Brooks the Wild. Wrote, Herb yeah. Brooks wrote the letter of recommendation. Right. And Only Columbus. You, how could you not get the job with Herb Brooks pushing for you? Maybe they didn't want a coach giving a guy a recommendation. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I had one opportunity. I, I never was going to leave once, you know, I ended up in Pittsburgh. Um, I was at the Beaver County Times, and uh, the Baltimore News American flew me down to talk about covering the Baltimore Orioles. Holy and horse It was going to be like my dream job. What year? Oh, man, maybe 80, 81. Coming off a World Series appearance. They were good. Um, yeah, and I mean, in Baltimore then – the baseball team was the big story in town. That was the big beat, if you will. Um, and they flew me down, interviewed me. I met with the sports editor. He goes, we really like you. We're going to offer you the job. We'll pay you X amount of money. And I go, I'll take it. I'm in. So he goes, I just need you to meet my uh, managing editor. This was a sports editor. I need you to meet my managing editor tomorrow. And I go, great. I'm Tell him I'll take him. So I meet with him, and he offered me less than what the sports editor said. What? And it, he goes, well, I said, well, he told me last night. And he goes, well, I can't go that high. And I go, this just, I got a bad feel for this. It wasn't the money. It was just a bad feel. Yes. How it happened. I turned him down. So now, wouldn't you believe it? This That might have been 82. Uh, now, that same managing editor becomes the sports editor at the Pittsburgh Press. Wow. And I'm thinking, I'll never get a chance to go there, right? Who, what guy's going to give you a chance to turn him down twice? I was one of the first two people he called, and I was one of the first two people he hired. So Bob Herzl and I uh, were the two people he hired, and I, I always give him credit. He gave me a second chance, and it was it was a much better feel. What was his name? Russ Brown. Oh, Russ Brown, yes, of course. So I came that close to going to Baltimore. Now, I guess things have a way of working out. Year two, five years later, about five years, uh, News American went bankrupt out of business. That uh, is maybe, absolutely incredible. Maybe and- I would have you know, <clears throat> done well doing the baseball beat. Maybe I'd have been offered, it would have opened paths for me 
The you would have been a columnist in but, Baltimore, but opining news, on Lamar Jackson. But the News American went out of business. And right. Joe Flacco, you would have followed Joe Flacco's career very uh, closely. I talked to Joe Flacco's dad before the Super Bowl, and Joe Flacco got pissed and shut his dad off. <laughs> I think there's three lessons in your story, Ron. Would you like to hear them? Don't burn bridges. That's one. That's one. I mean, I do I, I not parted, burn I, bridges. I parted with Russ. Very. I, I said, "Hey, Russ, I just I don't feel good about this." You know, I didn't say. You dumbass. Why right. You, I didn't I didn't do that. Very smart. My mom always told me that. And and then the way my life played out, I've had two bosses in two wildly different places that I never thought they would show up, as I'm sure you didn't think he would show up in Pittsburgh. Right. One of them was here, Jim Gracie. Right. He was my boss at ESPN. I never thought he would show up again. It didn't end at ESPN with us on the greatest of terms. But I was very nice and cordial. Right. Kevin Smith. Sports editor at the Valley News like Dispatch. Smitty. Smitty. I left the Valley News Dispatch in 95. Never dreamed that he would be my sports editor at the Trib. But he was. But he was. You just don't know, especially when it's in the same business. Yeah. Who's going to show up again in your life? Never burn bridges. That's, That's great number advice one. for kids out there today. You know what number two is, Ron? What's and that? it relates to the Steelers search, honestly. When you have your guy... Get him. Yeah, Keep he him. He liked me. Russ liked me. Keep him then. He should have, those two should have made sure they were on the same page if they really liked you, which Russ did. Get yeah. your guy while you have the chance because you might lose him. Oh, it I, seems I, to me that the Steelers had, had Arthur Smith uh, as their guy, and word is now, a story broke yesterday, he was, he was going to be on his way to Tampa, and Tomlin's like, he goes to Tampa, I may, may never see him again. That may explain why not more interviews. They got their man then. You know what the third lesson is, Ron? What's that? And that one comes straight from you. Go with your gut feel yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. You had a bad feeling. Were you? Did you have a beard then? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah, you were sitting there with your beard, which was oh, darker I mean, then. This was my you had a suit on. This was my dream job. Right. I mean, back then, this was all before 9-11, obviously, traveling, going to the games as a single guy would have been it was my dream job. And I was at the Beaver County Times, and they treated me like gold there. Right. But I, this, I, I said, I'm in. On a Tuesday night, I was in. On a Wednesday morning, I wasn't. Because of a gut feel. Yep. Yep. It's a great story. And I, I give Russ Brown all the credit in the world because a lot of people wouldn't give you a chance to turn them down twice. Right? Yes. That's a very happy story. As a young man, Austin, what did you take from the story? Were you inspired by Ron's story? Well, I think part of what Ron said at first, definitely don't burn bridges. You never know who's going to come back around no matter what That's position exactly right. it might be, especially just for me being young and trying to make a good first impression on everybody. Right. It's something that despite can stick with people, despite my hair. And yeah. Sometimes it's not easy. <laughs> you like you got to gotta swallow your pride and not burn those bridges. It's not always easy. No, it's not always easy. Try to end things necessary. nicely even if you're not being treated well. Just say, thank you for everything. I had to do what was best for my family. Yeah, my mom always says, just treat people the way that you would like to be treated. And I mean, it, I think that's the golden rule. Truth right? in the matter. There is truth you in just, that. You just don't know. It's an unpredictable well, world. Yeah. As far as like career and livelihood goes, that's very true. And then some things just end poorly, Ron. They There's do. not much you can do. Not much you can do. Where do we go from here? I know where we go from here. Mark Caballi had the most incredible take of this Steelers offseason right here on this show yesterday. 
We're going to replay it for you next. It was the single most incredible take from anybody on the Steeler offseason. Have you uh, glanced at the Dulac chat yet, by the way? I have. There's a couple of things in there for we need, sure. We need to get to those, too. Yeah. Uh, if not today, tomorrow for sure. There's uh, It's evergreen, as they say, Ron, the Dulac chat. Okay. Johnny Sins, I think, might have weighed in this week. How about Corn Fetter? Very good. Dr. Corn Fetter? I, I, I yeah. remember that. I don't know if he did. We're going to get to Kabali's incredible take. <laughs> oh, big boy. We're going to get to Jeff Saturday and Dominique Foxworth talking about the possibility of Russell Wilson in Pittsburgh. And we're going to get back to Peter King with some really strong takes on how he doesn't think the Steelers can win unless they bring a different quarterback in here. All of that coming up. In the meantime, uh, I want to tell you about J.P. Roofing and Siding. Joe Potochnik has a hell of a mustache. We'll start the story there. Actually, the story starts 42 years ago today. Not today. It's not an anniversary. I accidentally lied there. I don't know why I even said today. 42 years ago, Joe started a business, had the guts to do it, to strike out on his own. Roofing, siding, 42 years later, nationally recognized, platinum preferred, all of that. You don't thrive in a market like this for that long unless you're leaving the customer satisfied. And Joe always has weather turning. It'll turn again. Maybe you want to prevent a problem. Maybe you want to fix one. Either way, this is the place to go. JP Roofing and Siding, $500 off any roofing or siding installation for homeowners right now. Give them a call, 412-829-7711. That's 829-7711. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Who Needs a Restart? Presented by locally owned Restart It Services. Restart IT Services, I should say, Ron. Restart IT services, expect more from your IT company. Go to callrestartrestart.com. <laughs> we want to restart the restart? Yeah, let's restart. That's unbelievable that it's called restart. Here we go. I'm going to do that whole read over again. Are you ready for this, Ron? I am. Who needs a restart? <laughs> We Me. do. We do. I do. I do. Presented locally by locally owned Restart IT Services. Expect more from your IT company. Go to callrestart.com. That's callrestart.com. And the time right now is 1237. Brought to you by Gina Giampietro of Remax Select Realty. Joe, I want to talk to you about Mr. Rooter Plumbing. Well, I saw the truck today. I saw it. It was, it was had a... Uh, something like a, a tractor trailer behind it, if you will, a Mr. Rooter plumbing truck. I look for them every day coming to work. There's over 50 of them out every single day. And uh, I saw it today, right? I'm headed down 79 to 279 split right past that staying on 79. There was a Mr. Rooter plumbing truck. I beeped the horn when I went by and smiled, not because somebody has a plumbing problem, but because somebody had the good sense to call 412 Rooter 2. 412 router to and that truck i don't know headed to somebody's home maybe to fix a broken water heater maybe to uh somebody's business to fix a clogged sink wherever uh the people who had the problem were smart to call 
412-RUTER2. Bob Beal has built a plumbing company empire, going on uh, 21 years in this market. That truck I saw, one of over 50 out on the road every day. You can't help but see him, and you can't help but smile because you know somebody is getting a plumbing problem taken care of. The number one more time, 412-RUTER2. It is Pittsburgh's number one full-service plumbing company, Mr. Ruder Plumbing. I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. Last night, Pitt basketball came back from down 12 against Wake Forest for Jeff Capel's 250th win of his career, 77-72. Bob Carrington, 24 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists for the freshman in the victory. Duquesne beat Chicago State. West Virginia beat Cincinnati. Penn State beat Rutgers on the road. Robert Morris today is at Oakland. And on this date in 2009, the Steelers were named Super Bowl champions, 6 Lombardi for the Steelers in Tampa Bay against the Arizona Cardinals. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com.